You're lying. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I know because I feel things very deeply. Look, I gotta get back to work, all right? I'll, I'll see you later. When? What? When will I see you? I don't know, Pearl. It's just an expression. You're not gonna take me to Europe, are you? Tell me the truth. What did I do wrong? Nothing. Calm No! Why are you leaving me if I didn't do anything wrong? I don't understand. I thought you liked me! I do like you. I just... Tell me the truth! Why are you leaving me? What did you say? Why did you change? You're scaring me, Pearl. All right, bye, everybody. Welcome back uh, to another exciting episode of Citizen Frame. This is the final episode. We're taking a little breather from the Indiana Jones franchise because we got the big boy coming up next week, which we will be recording next week, and it will be released the week after. <laughs> so uh, we, we took a little breather here, and we got to go back to a franchise uh, well, I guess you can say it's a trilogy. Uh, we talked to a film about a year ago called X. A very, I thought it was just a wonderful piece of filmmaking. Um, it's a great homage to the slasher, slasher film from the you know 70s era. And uh, just great characters, good gore, just good all-around fun. And they announced after the success of X... But they already knew they were going to do this. They were going to do a prequel called Pearl, who is the killer uh, featured in X. Pearl is massively well-received. Massively well-received. Uh, now, as it hits a video on demand and people have more access to it, the numbers have dropped a bit. And then we'll be following up Pearl in about three months' time with uh, Maxine which is the conclusion of this trilogy. Is that when it's been being released in about three months' time? Because I heard 2024. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's, you know how those release dates come and go. I know they wrap filming. Yes. Uh, so maybe they have pushed it. But either way, that would be the conclusion of this, uh, of this uh, Pearl's story. Um, but I was looking forward to Pearl. They had they was they did this very cleverly with X. The Mia Goth played both central characters in X, and then they followed it up with a teaser for Pearl and the end credits. Uh, smart marketing on Ty West's part, and uh, here we are. We finally got to it. Don't know why it took us so long. It just wasn't really readily available for us over here, so it took us a while to get it, get our hands on it. So now it's you know up, up for grabs. Here we are to talk about Pearl. Uh, well, I think it's the, here's what I've I figured people, especially with elevated horror, and I think people are clueless or not clueless. That's a horrible word. I'll say, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> everyone's everyone's clueless and mad, but me, Karen's saying. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke for Trevor, but I couldn't think of something. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think, and I can see why, but I think they're blinded. Okay, right. Well, I know. No, let me finish. Go ahead. Yeah, can I finish my statement? Go ahead. All right. I think people who've seen movies like The Lighthouse and Hereditary, those are the two I'll go to. And both films, the only th the thing I give them credit for is 
the acting is spot on. You can't fault the actors. And But the director does not do the actors justice by giving them a solid story. Uh, just a muddled mess is what we end up getting at the ending of Hereditary. And what we got at Lighthouse was just a <laughs> complete muddled mess. However, the acting was spot on. And I think reviewers especially... And the people who like these films are so engaged with the actors, and rightfully so, they get lost that they're watching a shit film. I really believe that, and I'm going to back that up with Pearl. Right. Well, I'm just going to jump on now and just say, you know I disagree with you about Hereditary and The Lighthouse. I mean, we've had these arguments before, and that's fair enough. And obviously, you know, I respect your opinion and stuff. But um, regarding elevated horror in quote marks, I, I don't, I do not like that phrase. It's basically used by uh, by people who are snobbish towards the horror genre. Um, I, it's not a phrase I have ever used, and it's not one I um, will ever use. Um, I fucking hate the phrase, so I do. Um, you know, but what I would say as well, there there are many, you know, there are many different branches of horror. Um, there is not nothing wrong with good acting in a horror film, um, and there is also I would argue with the lighthouse, hereditary, and this they are um, brilliantly written as well. Now, what I would say um, regarding certain aspects of again, it's not a phrase I like, but I'm going to use it in this case. Um, you know, elevated horror. Um, there are some ones out there again um ari aster's follow-up to hereditary um such as midsummer which was just pretentious self-indulgent nonsense and basically heavily ripped on the wicker man which he wouldn't hold a candle to at all um so yeah i mean i, I have to admit I'm a, I'm a wee bit torn where um sometimes there will be accusations um from yourself that um yeah oh you're just a fucking horror snob and stuff I'm not. I mean, I love horror in all you know, all aspects, all different subgenres and stuff. But um, I think it's more the phrase and the sort of snobbery towards horror, where people think that um, certain people think that basically horror is in the gutter and should be in the gutter. So whenever they do horror, it should be called something else, i.e., elevated horror. You get this within the writing horror writing community as well. You know where they talk about speculative Traverse. fiction. Uh, but anyway, that's my rant over. <laughs> All right, Trevor, thank you for that. And you, you, you actually put it perfectly. Rant. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck that came from, people. Um, I was talking about the acting. Um, yes, elevated horror. You and I both agree. Um, it's a form of snobbery to call it anything, you know. But the genre it is. Um, but. To talk about the acting is, I just think, how do I put it? I don't know. I don't even know how to put it because I think because performances, the, the, the actors they hire, Mia Goth, by the way, let's get this little guy's fucking brilliant in this. He's very, very yes. good. Um, but Jesus Christ, what a waste of talent. And I'm seeing this so much now. Um, you mentioned Ari Lester. You got a waste of talent uh, with the, uh, the young lady who's now huge right now, who's in Midsummer. Florence Pugh. Flores Pugh, she's doing really well, um, and rightfully so. I'm glad she got parts because of Midsummer, despite it being a shit film. 
Um, you talked about uh, last year again. Uh, what about his third outing? That piece of shit that came out that nobody saw with Joaquin Phoenix. I haven't seen it yet, but it uh, yeah, it's um, b- boy is um, anxious or something. It's called or Bo is. I don't know. Bo is, I don't know. Bo is fucking stupid. Is what I call it. <laughs> but but my point is that is I kind of lost track of my point now. I just think filmmakers can can get away with making a poor film without the audience realizing it's a poor film because the actors are doing what they're told. The actors are bringing their A game to his, what is potentially a shit film. Perfect. That's what I mean. Okay, well, you know, I, I take on board what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, I think there is a hell of a lot much more to, you know, um, this film that we're talking about, Pearl, and certainly The Lighthouse as well, but yeah, we'll get to it. Alright, so Pearl is written by the great Ty West. I like Ty West. I've liked him ever since I, uh, back when he started his career doing a little film called The Roost. We won't go through his uh, his whole resume. We've talked to him, we talk about him quite a bit. Um, he loves his independent cinema and will always probably stay that way. Good on him. Yep. So, but this was also written by his, his uh, star, Mia Goth. Now, this one we have small cast, which I like. We got Pearl, the projectionist, Ruth, who's the mom, the father, Mitzi, Howard, and Margaret. Those are your characters. And I watched this a couple times. I watched it for the first time, and I fucking went apeshit. I was so pissed <laughs> because I wanted my slasher. I wanted my what I got from X. I wanted all my likable characters back. I wanted everything back. And so how did I go off on a rant on that one? I wrote a, a review on it for Phantasmagoria magazine. And if you read that issue... It is just a paragraph of me just going apeshit. <laughs> I, I believe you described it as the Waltons meets Lizzie Borden. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I like that, actually, pretty... yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've watched it twice since, and I'm going to be fair on it. A little more calm down, a little more calm, a little more relaxed, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll jump into it. Um, but the reason I brought the acting is because the acting in this film is really spot on. Um, all the actors, uh, every actor gives it their all, and hence the reason why I brought up the blindness thing. Yeah, but let's just uh, let's jump let's just jump into it here. Um, like I like the opening shot, and the reason I bring up this opening shot, it was one of my favorite shots in the original. Uh, well, the the first one, X. Beautiful cinematography. Yeah, same same team. So again. You're, you're opening up in the in the barn, but this time the barn doors are closed. And then when they open, it's a beautiful farm, you know, far, uh, farmhouse, just a beautiful uh, landscape, which is kind of the opposite of what we got from X. When we saw that and the camera pans out, we see the cop cars all over the place and it ends up being the crime scene. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the reverse of the same location. We're in 1918. And uh, the very young Pearl. Now, Pearl is married to Howard. Yes. Right? Okay, that I know that. But Margaret, her friend, is that Howard's sister? Um, or are they just no, friends? No, no, no. Mitzi. Um, Mitzi is her... Oh, Mitzi. Sorry, not yeah, Mitzi, yeah. not Margaret. Mitzi's yes. her sister-in-law. That's um, Howard's sister. Okay, so that is... They are related. Yes. 
Through, oh, through okay. marriage. Yeah. Yes, through marriage. Okay. Um, now, the mother, when I first saw this, I didn't like the mother very much. And because mom's very stern, especially making her, you know, she speaks with a German accent. Um, she seems like she's very controlling uh, and kind of manipulative. But when you see it a second time, I actually on the mother's side. Yeah, I mean, it's so brilliantly written. I mean, there's shades of, you know, yeah. Carrie White's mother here, but I mean... Yes, yes, yes. You would think that. Yeah. We talked about repeat viewing. <laughs> Night and day, we talked about it just recently with uh, Christmas Skull. Yes. You said it gets better as you watch it a few times. You can't, oh, now you start appreciating more. This one, you start appreciating the characters more and how they're written if you watch it a couple times. There's some lines that give away, you know, um, the mother's more aware of who Pearl really is. Hence the reason why she's so strict with her. But also the mother is been struggling and she's getting it rough you know between looking after i mean she even says herself you know between looking after the father who's very ill you know in the wheelchair she says you know i married him to be my husband um not not for me to be his mother you know that sort of thing she is getting it rough it's like post-war there's a pandemic going on you know the spanish flu um the mother's getting it rough but yes 100 percent, she knows what the, the pearl is not a well girl now, what worked for X was the fact that we mentioned, and I can't remember if you agreed or not, that Pearl, despite the violent nut job she is at the second act of the film, there's a loneliness to the character, to both characters, the uh, the husband and wife. And Pearl, you kind of fell for. There's something, there's a loneliness to the character. It, yeah. So you kind of, you kind of, oh, right here, you took me out of it. No, I disagree See, completely. No, the problem I had with it was because she starts killing animals, feeding it to our favorite crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> I love the yeah, crocodile. Right, he's back. The best character from X is back. <laughs> um, you took me out of it because she's, she kills the goose. And it you just, right there, it's like, okay, we're no, done. No, no, I mean. I'm, 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 I'm not going to like her. That's I, I, I have to disagree, but also it's tan in with the sort of, it's sort of quite a well-known sort of, behavioral sort of trope for serial killers in real life to start off with animals small animals and that's and that's fine but you've you've already the problem is you've established kind of like i just said a second ago about making it more relatable (coughs) excuse me and a a sense of likability and a charm to that couple in the x this one right right from the get-go i want a bitch i want to go right well, I would say in defense as well that later on, especially during the absolutely outstanding monologue from uh, Mia Goth, and you do become very sympathetic towards her, although she's done these horrible things, it is clear that this you know young woman you know is not a bit well, just like her mother yeah. knows. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that scene coming up. Now, and then only after she kills the Burgoose, she then bathes with her father. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's fucking weird. The mom. And then when the mom comes in, do you notice what she does? Yeah, she um, she like basically defends it and sort of covers herself up. Yeah, she covers herself up when her mom's there. Yes. Really weird. Yeah. I don't know why she did. It was kind of, oh, okay. But it doesn't go too far. I mean, I mean, she basically admits herself 
um, later on again during the same monologue that with her being away, I mean she's as is established in X, she's an infomaniac, and um, basically um, with her being away, she's extremely sexually frustrated. Now they don't go too far, thankfully, with the father and the bathroom stuff. No, you know I I think I don't think she it's meant to be sexual with what she's doing with the father. Yeah, but there is a tension there. I think the mother might see it, but I think as an odd as a viewer, I would see it more as she's a child. She's kind of a she's a, she's a grab bag of fucking nut job up there. Well, she's not a child. So, I mean, she's like mid twenties. I know, but she's got a mentality yeah. of a child. She's naive. Yeah, and I mean, so I don't think she thinks she's doing anything wrong. But when the mother comes in, she covers she up knows. like she is yeah. doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of confusion of what we're getting here. Well, the fact is as well, I'll tell you what's weird as well, and not in a sexual way, it's the fact that she is basically, technically her own woman, and is married to Howard, but yet she's treated like a little girl by her mother, and she basically obeys it, you know, all her mother's sort of commands. Well, for the most part, obviously, she does do a lot of sort of, like a child would do, um, like misbehave and sort of, you know, sneak with, uh, um, you know, sneak the dresses away and other bits and pieces, climb out at night and stuff. But that that's kind of weird for a fucking grown adult, a grown married woman, to say the least. Yeah, but I, and that's where kind of the film cuts away, so we don't get to see much of the Howard and her relationship. Yes, and but. I think it's when Howard, obviously when Howard leaves, she becomes a mess. Yes. And the mother's got to take care of her, so the mother has to treat her like she is because the mother tells her, I know what, you're, what you've done. So she has to, if you don't like it, fuck off, but this is it. I also love you the suggestion to. that um, she has done other horrible things off screen that we don't know about, but the mother knows about. That's very clever writing. I okay. I think I, I always treat it as she uh, uh, the things we've seen. The mother knows about. That's why I took that as. Yeah, but it's, I sort of got the suggestion. She, yes, she did see those, but also there was other stuff. Possibly even the killing of a person or more. Who? Possibly. I mean, it's left totally for up to interpretation. Ah, uh, they should. They should. I don't know. They should tell you who it might be or something. You know, you got to kind of plop that seed in if you're going to bring it up again. Um, but I mean, cause, cause all this all she says is, I've seen it before. Well, what? That's all I see is what? What did you see? Yeah. I mean, that's just like, uh eh. I like that ambiguity, but, but then, and I love the way the mother delivers to say there is a malevolence deep within you or words with that, to that effect. The mother, uh, the actress who plays the mother is superb as well. Yeah, she's very good. The acting here is all pretty spot on. Um, so when she meets, she sneaks, when she goes into town and she goes to the theater, she wants, she, uh, she, she's going to like the Siegfeld Follies, we would call it, but they call it something different there. But this is before, obviously, talkies. And she wants to be a dancer all of a sudden. And she's obviously going through some kind of post-traumatic stress that's, with her husband being gone without going through, going through post-traumatic. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, absolutely. She, and she even basically admits it later on during the monologue she, that she's had some sort of internal breakdown. Uh, I think, uh, and a big part of it is that she's not getting basically sex. I mean, she shags a fucking scarecrow. 
<laughs> and a fail. Yeah, you know, you kill a goose and you fuck a scarecrow within the first ten minutes, and I'm like, okay, I'm out of this. No, but it makes sense in the context uh, of the character. Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, it makes sense when you want to fuck a scarecrow. No, it does for the character, especially after what we've seen in X, the, the you know the previously released film, and what's set after it. Yeah, I I thought it was stupid. I was laughing. I was like, this is stupid. I wish the scarecrow came alive. That'd be cool. I was hoping like the scarecrow could come out and start killing things. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a better film. <laughs> no, no. Yes, it would. A hundred times best scarecrow was creepy, <laughs> and they really could have played on this because <laughs> this this pearl thing is fucking stupid. I disagree. I um again wasted by pretty pretty good acting. Um, now. The dad, I mean, even the dad's very good. Yes. The, the actor who plays him, he, he, he's he got to play with, the, you know, his face, with his eyes pretty much. And his heavy breathing and, and drooling and his eyes, stuff. You know, th- or, things he, yeah. yeah, things he, he can use to let the audience know. It's like he's, because every time he's alone with her, he's frightened. Especially whenever she takes him out for a walk to meet um, the alligator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the mother stops. The mother. Yeah. That's when the mother makes a comment to her, I know what you've been doing because she's following her everywhere she's going. Yeah. Because she's not stupid, um, so that's why you're, you think she's going to throw him into the alley, you know, crocodile, and the mother shows up. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you, I know. I know what you're up to, you creepy bitch. But the dad knows as well. He, you can see it, and it's just the, the subtle acting of the actor. You know, with the you know, basically through his eyes. He actually reminded me of James Khan in Misery. You know. She's bathing with her disabled father. She killed a little cute goose. Yes. And she's fucking scarecrows. Yes. And she also... This has... No, let me finish. This has Lighthouse written all over it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not kidding. You've got, instead of a seagull, it's a goose. And then instead of a mermaid, it's a scarecrow. Yeah. Um, don't forget the um, croc- crocodile <laughs> or alligator or whatever it is. Don't forget the egg as well. That scene. Yeah. Yeah, she crushes the egg. Mm-hmm. Pour the... Poor, poor little alligator. <laughs> or crocodile, whatever the fuck you call it. I wonder what happened when the rest of those crocodiles. She probably killed the rest of them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just can't stand the character. I hate her. I hate her. And I felt sorry for her, th- in a way. I did it at all. I mean, I think that's the problem with this. You either go one direction or the other. And if you hate her, then you want her to be challenged. If you hate the character like I do, you want her to be challenged with the team going after her. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got like an X. Well, that's a perfect example. Like an X. You know, now that you you establish who she is, now we know an X, she's you know, she's gonna be challenged by this group of teens as she's, you know, she's technically the well, subordinates of the team. But when you but when you, you you try to make her sympathetic with suckers like yourself are seeing <laughs> are seeing you're you're all you're not seeing what I'm what I want. I want a different film here. She's challenged throughout the film by her mother and also the project. Her mother doesn't do any challenge. Her mother her mother's trying to keep her stable. And her keep mother her in place. is her biggest challenger, isn't it? She's she's forever I, on I her know back. that. But the projectionist you, you can't, as well once he finds out what she's really like as well, although it's quite you, brief. You can't sit there and say the mother's to blame. No, I'm not mother saying she's to blame. No- I'm saying she's 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 challenging her uh, and that she's challenging her behavior and that she's you know there's dramatic conflict obviously between the mother uh, mother and daughter and also the protagonist guy when once he finds out that she's basically well she's psychotic she's not about well you know yeah yeah although it's it's later on and i mean he basically you know 
he gets a pitchfork through his face, you know, just as he just as he cracked it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we met. We meet the best character in the film, uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. That's the cow. <laughs> no, uh, per, per cow. And don't forget, yeah. Uh, well, I, I quite like um, Mitzi. <laughs> yeah, Mitzi's actually pretty good. Well, we'll get to her little scene. So when she goes to the theater, we meet the projectionist. The projectionist fights her back, and uh, as you do, you show her porn. Yeah, uh, well, stag films as we're doing back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, this was pretty. Pretty graphic for 1918. Oh, I think I think they're genuine stag films from back the back in the day. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I don't see that. I don't know. I mean, Do that, that's the sort of that, that was the basically the early days of porn, and also it ties in well with X, and um, even the dialogue by the protagonist yeah. where he says, "You know, this is going to revolutionize the film industry." You know. Yeah, I I did I did mention that. And that was a smart little pepper mm-hmm. in because it's. It, it goes to show you what pushed Pearl in X. Yeah. Which we knew was the porn and the sex and all that. But this is the icing on the cake of why it really, you know, it, it drove her it drove her to go the way she did. Yeah. And the fact that she's naturally nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we find that's her trigger, you know, porn. Yep. Yum yum time, as you would say. Well, uh, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, we talked about the crocodile scene. She technically tried to feed her father to it. I don't think she was. I think she was just doing it to be a, a bitch. No, she was. Because this was, I think, this is shortly after the projectionist, like, uh, basically says to her, you need to get away from the farm. You can go to New York or whatever and make a life for yourself. I think she was going to do it. I mean, obviously, neither of us will, you know, know because it, the mother stops it. But I think she was. I don't think she was because at this point, I think she was just. That's how vile the character is. That's why I don't like why people kind of feel sorry for her, is because she's there just to tease him to make him feel that he has no control and she can dump him in two seconds flat. Um, so she's a bully. Yeah, I mean. When this whole time, this whole time you think the mom would be the bully, but the true bully in this entire film is Pearl. I think. Hence the likability is. Gone. I think, I mean, obviously, I mean. You talk about her being. I mean, I think I wouldn't say she's a likable character, but I would say to a certain extent she is a sympathetic character because no, she's no, not. She, to a certain extent. Now, she obviously she does horrific things, and but she's basically like a very naive child at times, and and, and actually in multiple ways. But at the same time, you know, um, due to her, due to her being mentally unwell, obviously, um, but also her childishness and throwing the toys out of the pram when she can't get what she wants. She's committed unspeakable acts. Yeah. Um, like like the one coming up now where she wants to go to this dance recital. Yes. And the dance recital is the best because she's so bad at it. I um, thought she was good. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, what is wrong with you, man? Mia Goss, brilliant. What a film. In the scene. I mean, overall, but yes, in the scene too. The dance scene, she's really... That's good dancing. Well, as far as like... 19, sort oh of, 18, no, forget old-timey it. Just, just, musical just, dancing goes, and I'm not an expert, uh, you know? You know, just, oh, my. <laughs> I bet you Mia Goth would laugh at you right I now. I just love watching Mia Goth, okay? Uh, we'll talk about Mia. Oh, Mia, Mia, Mia. She needs to do something different. Um, 
she's pretty much copying pasting the exact same character in this film well, that she did in that Cronenberg uh, film. Yeah, Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. The exact same character. So there's no... There's something here with Mia Goff. I'm looking forward to her playing the villain in the new Blade. Yes. And I think she's talented. Don't she get has me wrong. She presence. But she's not there yet. We Right now, she's done three of the same character in three films. You know... X, Pearl, and Infinity Pool. Do, do, do you know the connection between Mia Goth and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Oh, dear God. If I hear Doctor Who or nope. something, nope. I'm, 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 I swear to God. She's married to Sheila Booth. Are they married? Yep. Apparently they're divorcing currently, but they're still legally married, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, well, she he's kind of... Yeah, okay. Well, she's her career taking off, so she's like, see ya. <laughs> Bye-bye, Mutt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she sets the mom on fire, that sucked. I felt sorry for the mom. I wish the mom would have got away with Although it. Although that was an or, accident, but I think what was even more cruel was the fact that she left her down in the cellar still alive and horrific pain. No. Yeah, you can sit there and say it was an accident, but she chucks her down the cellar and just leaves her there. Yeah, no, that's the fire itself was an accident, you know. Yeah, but you, that, that's where you get more. That's where you could, you could kind of maybe try her to try to help her and try to fix her up <laughs> or, or try to do something. No, she just chucks her down the cellar. So it, again, proving my point, there's nothing to this character I like. That's yeah, nothing. I'm not saying she's likable. Um, I'm saying uh, to, you said you love no, her. No, no, I love me. And both. she's your. Uh, but in you really, respects, really respect her. Is, uh, sympathetic. You said that you really could date someone like this. <laughs> um, you said I'll rewind it if I have to. Well, um, you know, if if, if it was me at Goth, um, <laughs> I might have overlooked this uh, psychotic behavior. <laughs> so, and through it all this, the best actor in this whole scene again. Is the guy playing the paraplegic, the father? He's really good. Who's just sitting there, and the way he's breathing heavily, yeah. his eyes—one eye that you really can really open, the one eye, the other one's kind of closed. He must have had a stroke or something. It, it, it's, and it's sort of suggested that it's connected to the um, pandemic, the Spanish flu, um, because the mother does say a line uh, that sort of connects it to that. Although I don't know how that would make it. I don't know. I'm not an expert on the. Um, the pandemic from a hundred years ago, just the one from two years ago. <laughs> I'm not an expert on it either. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what it had. I don't think he was a quadriplegic. Maybe I'm wrong. I think yeah, I think it was a stroke. Possibly because he the actor plays with his right side of his face drooping. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what might have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, he sells it, and you really feel sorry for him. And then again, you said she's the kindest character in film history, <laughs> Pearl. When she smothers this man to death, yeah, it's brutal. Like, uh, and it's also tastefully. I know it's obviously a murder scene, and uh, but um, Ty West actually does it very tastefully in that the camera um, pans away, and it goes up to this bird in a cage type thing. You know, what about the peg? What did you think um, of the relevance of the peg? I'm serious, serious question with the maggots. Uh, um, yeah, because the mother wouldn't take it. Yeah. from the mother-in-law because. Um, she didn't want charity. The peg is represented, in my opinion, um, and I don't and want to get all artsy fartsy. But um, to me, it, the peg represents Pearl, rejected by the mother, and then that is basically whenever all the maggots—that's her mind completely deteriorating. 
whenever the pig uh-huh. is being consumed by the maggots and stuff. And, you know, obviously in the finale, then at the very end, it's there on the table. But yeah, um, I wanted to get that in there because it, I think it is important. I, I, uh, I, you asked me, I, you interrupted me, so I couldn't finish mine. <laughs> so I will, we'll just go with that. There you go. It's your brain. <laughs> it's your brain, everyone. Brain being eat by magnets. Yep. Thanks, Trevor. Don't match up. <laughs> Jeez. Just don't ask my opinion again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's right, Kieran. You're really shy about you know putting your opinion forward. Like you're really <laughs> reserved and sort of quiet. I was giving you my opinion, <laughs> and then you jumped in because I was going to give like a beautiful statement, yeah, of sentiment about what I felt the pig represented. Well, go ahead, I'm wait- I'm I, on no, it. I'm not going to give it now because I don't think it's deserved. <laughs> um, so there you go. <laughs> Let's talk about the projectionist when he and I, we're kind of moving around a bit here. And they have yum yum time. At first, I thought the projectionist was going to be a douche, but he's not. He but he's really not. He actually is looking out for her a bit, and it really sucks because when he goes to the house and he knows something's not right, and each lie she tells, he calls her out on, and he's slowly, yeah, the dog and everything, and then he's slowly in the fa- meeting the father in that weird way, and just. He slowly starts backing out. Yeah. To you know, slowly. I listen. I gotta get going here. Don't blame him. And then Mia, <laughs> Mia, Mia Goff just goes nuts. Um, and it's too bad he gets it because I I do like the character, and yeah, but which is glad to see. I the people who do get it, I feel sorry for. Was mm-hmm. so Ty West does that right because you do need to have some emotion for somebody here. Mm-hmm. Um, the mother, you can understand why you'd be a little bitter toward her. The father, God love him. He had no, you know, yeah. But these characters that about to get their comeuppances, Mitzi and uh, um, the projectionist, uh, you, you, you kind of feel for when they get it, especially Mitzi's, which we're about to get to. Yeah. But when he gets with a pitchfork in the face, it's like, oh, fuck. I, I actually thought it was a good sort of little twist because I thought he was going to, you know, again, be a bit of a douche, like you said, um, but he wasn't. But also he was going to sort of, you know, it was quite. I wasn't expecting him to be killed off so early. I thought he was going to show up during a killing, or or whatnot, or maybe be the the hero. Um, but uh, no, he's he's dead. Yep, pitchfork he's through dead. the face. Now let's talk the addition. Uh, the you said she should have been in Footloose or Dirty Dancing <laughs> because it was brilliant dance moves, but uh, it was it's pretty funny. And you know what's funny? What I did like about it, Mitzi could have been the snobbest little rich bitch, which she is. She's the one with the money. That's you know, uh, but the character is actually very likable, yes. very on, very fair, and always been kind. Yes. Uh, to Pearl. Yeah, yeah. Reason number yeah. three hundred. I hate Pearl, but you think she's a lovely human being. <laughs> Wonderful so, human being. Yeah. Um, but when she doesn't get it, and she starts having that breakdown, and she starts crying out loud. There's some scenes in films with crying, it gets fucking annoying pretty quick, and the actress needs to pull it back now. That's meant to be that way. Um, I know, yeah. but it doesn't work for me. It's cra- There's a difference between feeling uh, sympathetic or feeling something toward the character during this point, but when it's cringeworthy, I have a problem because <laughs> I would, I would, you were taking me out. A Mitzi was coming around the corner to console her. I was like, fucking Mitzi, run. Yeah. Because I can't hear this bitch fucking goddamn crying anymore. <laughs> well, let's just say it didn't bother me 
um, within the film. But if I if it was in real life, like uh, um, that that would go through you, like you know, um, nails down a blackboard type thing. Jesus. Yeah. So, God love Mitzi. Yeah. Brings her to her house to console her, gets her a drink, and this is where Mia Goff breaks down and kind of tells her she's pretty much confessing to her yes. what's happening and that she's having a breakdown because Howard's gone. But she's talking to her as she's as if she's talking to Howard. Yeah. Um. It's a nice scene. She sells it very well. Mia Goth. Yes, if she's not if she's not playing a psychotic, playing someone who's clinically depressed, she nails it. Yes. Um, Mitzi sells it again. A lot of these other actors in it, it's their facial expressions sell it. They tell it really well with their face. And you can tell Mitzi, as, <laughs> as she's telling the story, he starts getting really uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a brilliant, whenever she finishes the story, it cuts to Mitzi, and you just see her eyes. She's going... Okay, it's a real darkly humorous fucker. It's just yeah. very, it's really well played. And she's convinced that Mitchie got the part. And then Mitchie says, oh, yeah, thank you. I'll make sure I write and stuff. But I don't think she did. She wouldn't believe her, so she finally does tell her I did. But she actually did No, I think she part. did get the part because even the guy who was one of the judges, which is basically like, like um, 1918 horror X Factor, which is actually probably more than like a lot more better than real X Factor, no doubt. But um, he even says we're oh, looking so- to make us we're looking someone more all American and blonde, like Mitzi. I think she did get it. You sure? I thought she was playing. No, I I honestly didn't get it. I think she she tried to tell her I did not get no. it, and then when she said she did, no, she was the hesitant. reason she said she she was saying and she didn't like because she was actually a nice person, Mitzi. Yeah. And she didn't want to rub, sort of, she knew that, um, you know, Pearl was really upset and she didn't want to rub her face in it. Um, you know, that she got it and, you know, Pearl didn't. And basically then, um, that's why she doesn't tell her and that's why, because Pearl's so upset and she's probably really afraid, she is really afraid of Pearl at this point because Pearl's just confessed to murders. Um, she then says, no, I didn't get it. Yeah, that's why. She's trying to protect herself. And then Pearl goes, no, no, don't lie to me. I know you got it. No, she did get the part. I'm pretty certain of it. All right, okay. There's a, when, sadly, when Mitchie gets it, mm-hmm. that whole confrontation scene is terrifying. Yeah, no, it is, isn't the Pearl, it? Yeah. The, the, the Pearl girl is walking out. We, we're in front of Mitchie at this point, And behind her, we see uh, shot. Uh, Pearl coming out and grab me. We can see the axe. Yeah. And she pulls out the axe, and as she's running, she's trying to run in high heels, and and Pearl's picking up her pace. She just whacks her to death. Um, yeah. And then, wow, what special effects. Ty West and his team chopping up oh. for Mitzi and feeding her to the crocodile. I've never seen such graphic. I didn't see that it's coming. Shocking. Uh, but, but, I mean, it, it's re- extremely well done. It was just... But, I mean, this is such a good film in um, many ways, and this is just one aspect of it. Um, you know, to save the biggest shock, and the, the you know it's you know the blown away shock for the end. You know, and those special effects, like you say, wow. Yep, and then of course it ends with her making a nice little looks like a Thanksgiving kind of meal with the with the rotted pig in the dinner room and the mom dead dead in there. Yeah. And it's obviously a few months later because their bodies have decayed. The pig is pretty much gone and devoured by maggots. And in comes, after being in war, fighting for his country, he comes home to this. <laughs> to real hell. <laughs> uh, poor Howard comes, and there's Mia Goth. Howard, you're back. And we sit there for f- like five minutes as the actress literally holds her eyes open. And she's struggling to keep them open. 
and she starts to cry. It's a brilliant ending. You know, that final shot with her, just focused on her yeah. for about five minutes. Yeah. And you can see Mia Goth struggling, and apparently she did. Um, you know, with that, uh, yeah. She, oh, you could tell. You could tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just give me a final take real quick here. Uh, I, um, if you see brilliant like 12 times, I'm going to have to kill you. Psycho meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre via The Wizard of Oz. Absolutely mesmerizing performance by Mia Goth, and the rest of the cast were brilliant as well. Um, a very different film to X, uh, more of a character study. Um, um, definitely, obviously, a much slower burn than X. Um, I thought it was superb, one of the best horror films of the last year. All right, quick and to the point. I uh, completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring up acting. I, I can't fault it for its acting. The acting is spot on. Every every person in this is really good. Um, it does something right. What I just recently mentioned, I like the characters who get it, and you feel sorry for them when they get it, because um, all they're trying to do is help. And so, and they have no weapons, like like you would see in a Friday Thirteenth film to protect <laughs> themselves or whatnot. They are literally vulnerable people in the middle yes. of nowhere about to get fucked really? over by somebody who, who they thought they tried try to help. So I do like that. But that's, guys, is the last 20 minutes of the film. Um, the lead up to it, I just, she's an unlikable bitch. Unlikable, vile character. And there's a difference between, um, now, Mia Goff is very good at what she does. But what I said in the beginning, the reason this film sucks is because it's ruined by some of the horrible writing. And the reason I say that is because Mia Goff's character is just vile throughout, period. There's nothing about likable of this person. Now, I'm comparing to a couple other film characters who nailed it because she had better writing behind her. And that is Kathy Bates playing Annie Wilkes. That is Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. And that's Jessica Walter, who played Evelyn in um, Play Misty for Me. These are all women who have to give you different sides of, of, of a personality to go from a lovable human being to a vile creature to so on and so on. Those three actresses nail this kind of part perfectly. And they've, you know, they've worked through their dying day. Well, Jessica Walter just passed, actually. And the other two are still alive, so sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's, that is what I wanted. Okay, yeah. A sympathetic character like we got from X and what we got for those films I just mentioned, there, there's a sadness to those characters. I didn't get it from this one. And so it's a waste of a film. I will agree to disagree, but yeah, far enough. Yeah, you know why you're pausing? Because you're angry. Because you're like, damn it, that was a good point. No, I mean, I, I was just thinking about Kathy Bates and the sort of vulnerability. especially. Now, I, I haven't seen Feel Attraction in a while or, or Play Misty for me, so it's, I can't really compare them, but with Misery, I was thinking about Kathy Bates, and you know, there's a certain vulnerability and childlike sort of naivety to her as well. But I mm-hmm. think, especially later on in the monologue scene with Mist- Misty, um, or sorry, Mitzi, um, I think Mia Goth nails it on more. Yeah, you're, you're right, and she does, yeah. but it's wasted already because you've already taken me out. Okay. I don't like you, it's done. Okay. So, no matter what she does at this point, I'm not coming back to you on your, on your corner. Mm-hmm. Kathy Bates peppered it in. But that's by that's because of the director and the yes, writing. Yes, yes. And so, sadly, I'm saying it now, and everyone knows I like Ty West. Ty West and Mia Goff let themselves down with this one, with the writing and the direction. 
that's what happened. Certain things should have been peppered in at certain times to give us a little vulnerability for her and and so on. So that's what let this down. Fair enough. So anyways. Yep. All right. We got um, next up. Sorry, was that um, a, a sample of John Williams' score? Is John Williams with you? Because that was so, like, um, perfected. <laughs> I don't want you know. I don't like to brag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we also mentioned the new issue, uh, well, the special edition. Um, I can't, it's, it's, uh, Phantasm Gory is out now. Yes. The Women in Horror special. Yep. And it's uh, available on Amazon all over the world and locally Forbidden Planet. Yep. So go grab a copy today. Yeah. You can follow us at Citizen Frame underscore podcast on Instagram and of course Facebook. Anything I'm missing, Trevor? Nope. All good. By me. There you are. I guess I have nothing else to add. We're out. Take care of yourselves.